Welcome to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm your host, Cam McKinney, and this is episode number 147 of the podcast. And in this edition of the podcast, I'm talking about the Patriots' big offseason acquisitions made so far. It has been a crazy and wild first week of free agency for the New England Patriots. We all knew that they were going to have to do something big this offseason after going 7-9 and and missing the post season for the first time since 2009, but no one in their wildest dreams could have imagined how many moves the Patriots would make in the first few days of free agency. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side, they signed the two best tight ends on the open market, Janu Smith to a four-year $50 million deal, 31 guaranteed, and Hunter Henry, three years, $37 million deal, $25 million guaranteed. And for wide receivers, they acquired Nelson Aguilar to a two-year, $26 million deal, and Kendrick Moore to a three-year, $22 million deal. And they brought back center David Andrews on a new four-year deal. This was what the Patriots needed to do. They They identified their biggest weakness, which has been the tight end position the last two years since Gronk retired. They have missed out on tight ends like Jared Cook and Greg Olson. They have missed out on star tight ends. They haven't drafted well at that position. I mean, last year's draft, they drafted two tight ends that at this point seem to be bust. I mean, they're already giving up on them by signing Henry and Smith. How about this fact? Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry combined to have more more than 100 catches between the two of them. Guess how many catches the Patriots tight ends had all of last season? That's 18. So the Patriots filled their biggest need at the position and they did it twice over, getting the two best tight ends at their spot. For the wide receivers that acquired, listen, I think Aguilar is a nice player. He had a nice year with the Raiders. He was a bit of a bust when it comes to the Eagles. I'm not, I don't think Nelson Aguilar is a number one receiver. I don't think Kendrick Moore is a number one receiver. They still do not have a number one guy. And I think if Julian Edelman is healthy and is on the team, they're probably going to be asking him to do too much. But listen, I think having Jacoby Myers along with Kendrick Moore, along with Nelson Aguilar, you you no longer have the worst wide receiver group in the NFL. I think you're average. And no one should be surprised they went that route when it came to receiver. They signed B guys and turned them into A guys. They don't sign already established A players. That's just not the team style. I mean, this is a team that found Wes Welker and turned him into that guy who had a hundred catches a year type of guy. They turned Julian Edelman into that. They don't find well established star receivers. They don't go after the Larry Fitzgeralds. They don't go after the Calvin Johnsons. They don't go after the clear number one receivers. They go after guys who are pretty good, who at some point in their careers could possibly take it to the next level, probably while being members of the New England Patriots. And I think that's a smart move because you get guys like Moore and Aguilar on these team-friendly deals. It's not a huge amount of money you're wasting on these two players. But getting back to the Patriots getting the two best tight ends on the market, I think it is a fantastic move. I mean, Bill Belichick and the Patriots were the ones who put the two tight end system on the map with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. 
is they built that system and so it was so sad these last couple of years to see them with not even not two tight ends but they didn't have any decent tight ends the past two years so for them to get Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry I think is a big deal I don't know if we've already seen the best of Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith but I like the acquisitions and I still think that Bill Belichick is the type of head coach who can get the best years out of some really good players so I expect them to elevate their games as members of the New England Patriots. Now as we switch to the defensive side of the ball, the Patriots sign linebacker Matthew Judon to a four-year $56 million deal, 32 of which is guaranteed. Safety Jalen Mills, four years, $24 million, $9 million guaranteed. Defensive tackle Devon Godchow, two years, $16 million, nine guaranteed. And defensive tackle Harry Anderson, two years, $7 million. And finally, the Pats also bring back former Patriot Kyle Van Noy to a two-year $13 million deal. Last offseason, he left for the Miami Dolphins, signing a huge contract. He was released. Now he's back with the Patriots. Now, the only major defensive player that the Patriots added, in my estimation, is Matthew Judon, who has made the Pro Bowl each of the last two seasons with the Ravens and has 34 sacks in five NFL seasons. You not only took him away from the Ravens, but you also add a really, really good player here. I mean, that's what's shocking about this Patriots offseason is that they were able to acquire all three of those guys. They were able to get both tight ends while also get Matthew Judon. In a regular offseason where you didn't have this much cap or there were other teams fighting for these players, there's no way the Patriots would get all three. But because the Patriots seem to be the only one making a huge amount of moves, they get all three Pro Bowl caliber players. Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, and Matthew Judon. They got the two tight ends on the market who everyone was after, and they get Matthew Judon and steal him away from the Baltimore Ravens. And that's why this is a huge offseason for the New England Patriots. They were able to acquire those three players while also getting these filler pieces like Aguilar and like Bourne. But when you look at the Patriots roster, there is still a glaring hole, and that's at the quarterback position. Yes, the Patriots are bringing back Cam Newton at a fully guaranteed price at about $3.5 million. You cannot tell me that you made all of these moves to have Cam Newton be your quarterback. I'm still kind of in denial about the whole thing, even though I think it's inevitable that Cam Newton is going to start opening day. I get it. Bill Belichick is trying to prove and Cam Newton is trying to prove that he's better than he was last year and that the Patriots are better than they were last year. So they're both kind of on this mission. I still have faith that the Patriots are better than last year because of all these acquisitions. But I would feel a heck of a lot better if anyone other than Cam Newton was the quarterback of the New England Patriots. Like, I'm at that point where if the Patriots had signed Mitchell Trubisky instead of the Buffalo Bills, I would be super excited about the Patriots possibly being a playoff team and winning that division. That's how low I am right now on Cam Newton. I thought Mitchell Trubisky would be a nice option. I think Andy Dalton would be a better option. I don't believe that Cam Newton can throw the ball accurately enough to compete for an AFC East title. Maybe at best the Patriots could go 9-7 and seven with this new amount of talent along with Cam Newton, but I would feel a heck of a lot better again with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Garoppolo. I could feel like they could make it to the AFC Championship if they had Jimmy Garoppolo. That's how good this offseason has been. But when you have an offseason this good and you're still left with Cam Newton, where are you really at as an organization? I get they still might draft a quarterback in the first round, and that's all well and good. But in the end, if Cam Newton is the starting quarterback on day one, I don't know how good I'm going to feel about the New England Patriots, even after all these huge offseason moves. And I understand that maybe these offseason moves are geared more towards the future, but after a 7-9 and season and missing the playoffs, I want the Patriots to bounce back in a big way. And I'm just not sure they can do that with Cam Newton at quarterback. And I know I'm not the only one with those doubts. I mean, if Marcus Mariota really does get released by the LA Raiders. How could you not be in the Marcus Mariota sweepstakes after seeing how badly Cam Newton played at the end of last year? I just look at how he played. Just use your eyes and see how bad Cam Newton was. How could you look at that and go, yeah, even if I give him a lot of talent, that could get a lot better. I don't know how you come to that conclusion. I feel like there's a group of people out there that thinks Cam Newton's replacement needs to be a star player like a Deshaun Watson or a guy who's been to the Super Bowl in Jimmy Garoppolo. No, I think they should have been looking at the B-level type of guys to replace Cam Newton. The Alex Smiths of the world, the Jameis Winstons of the world. Jameis Winston got $12 million from the Saints. The New England Patriots are giving their starter in Cam Newton three and a half million dollars. The league is telling you how they feel about Cam Newton and the New England Patriots are telling you how they feel about Cam Newton. They don't have much faith. They gave him $1 million last year and they went 7-9 and nine, and now they're giving him $3.5 million with some talent and at best they can probably go 9-7. and seven. If this team wants to win the AFC East, they still need to make an upgrade at the quarterback position. I'm not even saying it needs to be a huge upgrade. If the Patriots tomorrow got Marcus Mariota, I think they could win a playoff game next year because I think anyone could be better than what Cam Newton was last year. That's why I was surprised Mitchell Trubisky wasn't even discussed. He just went to the Buffalo Bills to be their backup. The Bills now have two quarterbacks better than Cam Newton. That's where I'm at. Ryan Fitzpatrick went to the Washington football team. Washington now has a better quarterback than the New England Patriots. You can have Hunter Henry. You can have John Smith. You can have Bourne. You can have Aguilar. It won't matter if Cam Newton is your quarterback. There will still be a ceiling. Even if Cam Newton has a better year than he had last year, he's not going to revert to that 2014 MVP. And people who think he's going to, it's not going to happen. Listen, when he first got here last year, yes, I had some faith that he was going to bounce back like Michael Vick did with the Eagles. But now, there's 100% no chance that's going to happen. The other big question mark for the Patriots this offseason is what to do with former Defensive Player of the Year. Stephon Gilmore. What exactly is his trade value? Can you get a first round pick for him? I think not. Can you get a second and third? That's where I think you're at. That's what I think his ultimate value is. I think he will go for a second or a third round draft pick. But in the Patriots' eyes, is it worth doing that? Can they go with Stephon Gilmore on like a one year deal, give him a bit of a pay bump, and make him happy? Because their secondary is pretty good without him. But I think with him, it can still be pretty special. 
special. And now that you are acquiring good talent on this team, maybe Stephon Gilmore will change his mind about wanting to be here long term. I mean, you have J.C. Jackson, who again got a second round tender. So if you lose J.C. Jackson this offseason, you at least get a second rounder. And you have Jonathan Jones, who I think is a pretty good cornerback. But what can the Patriots get for Stephon Gilmore? If you could trade Stephon Gilmore to the Raiders for Marcus Mariota, I would do that in a heartbeat. If you answered your quarterback problem by trading Stephon Gilmore, absolutely I would pull the trigger on a move like that. But I don't think the league looks at Stephon Gilmore like that because the issue is if a team trades for Stephon Gilmore, what they're telling him is we're going to pay you a boatload of money. And listen, it's warranted. He was a former defensive player of the year. He's not old enough where people should give up on him. If you acquire Stephon Gilmore, you're going to be in the exact same situation with him that the Patriots are in right now. He's going to want to get paid and he's going to want to get paid right now. I think if you want to contend with the Buffalo Bills, Stephon Gilmore is going to have to be a part of this roster. You brought the band back together. Kyle Van Noy's back. You brought in Matthew Judon. You want this defense to still be pretty good. I think you're going to need Stephon Gilmore to have a bounce back season. That's the best case scenario for the Patriots because if you trade him now where his value is at his lowest, I fear you're only going to get a third round draft pick. And for a former defensive player, of the year, that doesn't look very good right now, especially for a Patriots team that is trying to bounce back from a 7-9 and year. You need Stephon Gilmore to be here. That's what I think the answer is. Work at, work it out with Stephon Gilmore in the short term, or maybe try to get a long-term deal done. I think one of the most fascinating things about this offseason is people dissecting why the Patriots are doing this. Why is Bill making all these free agent moves? All the people are wondering, is it because he wants to get back at Brady for winning the Super Bowl? Does he feel embarrassed that the Buccaneers were able to go from 7-9 and nine and then they add Tom Brady and win a Super Bowl? And now is he trying to do that himself? Is he trying to bounce back from a 7-9 and nine year to then go and win the Super Bowl with Cam Newton? Is that what he's trying to prove? Like there's so many people way overthinking why the Patriots are making these moves. I think the fact of the matter is they're the only team that's taking advantage of their huge amount of cap space. They're never going to get this amount of cap space again. Nobody else had the cap space and due to COVID nobody else had the available money and the Patriots had a huge amount of needs. We all know that over the last five years or so the Patriots have been really bad at drafting. They had to go out and sign Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne because guess what? Nikhil Harry has not worked out even though there are some NFL insiders now telling us that there's trade value for Nikhil Harry, he has not worked out. And even though Sony Michelle, the running back, had a really good Super Bowl and maybe should have been Super Bowl MVP, he hasn't really worked out. So because of those failed draft picks, Bill Belichick has had to go out and sign these free agents to fill these massive holes on the roster. And the biggest thing about all of this is if they had a franchise quarterback that they had to pay real money to, they wouldn't have this cap space. So if you still had a Tom Brady or you still had a star quarterback, you would be paying that quarterback and wouldn't have all this cap number. That's the answer to this free agency. I don't think it really has much to do with Brady winning a Super Bowl or them being embarrassed because
because they went seven and nine. It's because they have the cap space and because they're not paying a quarterback. Do you know why the Seahawks aren't out here spending a whole lot of money? Because they're spending it all on Russell Wilson. Why the Packers aren't out here spending a whole lot of money? Because they're spending it on Aaron Rodgers. The teams that make a bunch of free agent moves are usually the ones that aren't paying their quarterbacks upwards of $40 million. And that's where the Patriots are at right now. They are giving Cam Newton three and a half million dollars. That's why they have this cap space. The Chiefs are making some nice moves. They got Joe Tooney, but they're not out here signing a bunch of guys because Pat Mahomes has a huge amount of money owed to him. Yes, they tried to sign Juju Smith-Schuster, but the Chiefs can't go out here and sign eight free agents like the Patriots just did. The Patriots have this cap number because of the cap space that they saved up because of COVID and because they're not paying a star quarterback like everyone else in the league is right now. The last thing I'll say about the big free agency moves made by the Patriots is this. I love everything that they've been doing. It's exciting when your team is spending in the offseason. It makes it super exciting. When they got Jonu Smith and then the next day they got Hunter Henry, that was super exciting. They had filled their biggest holes on the rosters. Everyone's a fan of that. And yes, on paper, they should be a lot better than what they were last year. And I think they will be better. But how much better, I don't know. But the real scary thing about free agency is where our expectations go as fans. We immediately think, wow, they're going to the Super Bowl. Wow, they're going to the AFC Championship game. Wow, they're better than the Buffalo Bills. But the reality is probably somewhere in the middle. And there have been examples in the past of teams that spend a huge amount of money in the offseason and it not working out in the regular season. I think the most famous example in football is that 2012 Eagles team, the one where Vince Young called them, quote, the dream team. This is what the Eagles did that offseason. They brought in all-pro cornerback Namdi Asamoah, pro bowler Dominique Rogers-Camardi, Jason Babin, a really good defensive player, and Steve Smith, the wide receiver for the Giants, who was pretty good at the time, and they also brought in Vince Young, who again called them the dream team. Do you know what the Eagles did that year? They went 8-8, eight and eight, despite those huge expectations. And another example comes in a different sport with a different Boston sports team. Remember when the Red Sox brought in Adrian Gonzalez, John Lackey, and Carl Crawford in the same offseason, and it ended in disaster? It's hard to guess how good a team is going to be. Yes, they can bring in pro bowlers. Yes, they can bring in all-stars. But it doesn't matter. It's about how they are as a team. I think the Patriots will be much improved from the 7-9 and nine disaster they were last year. But I'm not ready to come on here and say they're going to be 12-4 and four and back in the AFC Championship game. I think a likely scenario is them making the first round of the playoffs and maybe getting a victory there. I don't think they're going to be better than the Buffalo Bills because this is another thing that I think about. With teams that make that next jump. I think it's the team that makes a big acquisition, the one big signing, not multiples. Like the Patriots have made a lot of signings this offseason. Remember what the Bills did last year? All they had to do to fix off their team being good was to bring in Stephon Diggs. And then their young quarterback made a huge jump to the point where Josh Allen was a viable MVP candidate. Those are the teams that make that next step, the ones that are one piece away 
The Patriots were not one piece away. They were many pieces away. So bringing in all these players is a good step forward. But I still think they are more than one piece away from being Super Bowl contenders. Now, would my opinion on the Patriots change if they bring in Jimmy Garoppolo tomorrow? Yes, absolutely. If they still go out there and make a huge upgrade at the quarterback position, I think there is a chance the Patriots could be better than the Buffalo Bills. But right now with Cam Newton, I think there is a ceiling on this team, even though they've gone out here and had a terrific offseason that no one saw coming. Now, no one will agree with where the Patriots are going and where this is headed, but we can all agree on one thing. It's been a great week to be a fan of the New England Patriots. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Monday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. So please rate, review, and subscribe.